0: Microsoft confirms there will be no new Xbox shown at E3 this year. EA may be looking at the subscription models, and there are more Mass Effect troubles. All that plus more on today's Mashcast. Another edition of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I'm Jarrett and I'm here with senior editor Rob Hill Williams.
1: Hello everybody.
0: And I'm also here with Podcast Hope. Oh, not hope, but hope. Most. You the the great white hope. <laughs> selling cabbage. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I am the hope for
2: everybody and the future and everybody. So the great white yes. podcast hope. Yes, <laughs> which is so- all accurate by the way. Well, you, you know, after, right. la- okay. after I- last week's uh, depressing right. outing, I think we could all use a little hope and, and sunshine up in here. Oh, yeah. No, i don't yeah. think we're gonna get a whole lot of that but
1: you yeah, know we'll see
2: <laughs> we, n- we never do this th- we should rename this like the doom and gloom cast really
1: madcast i really should just rename it the madcast that's all we do
0: mad or sad yeah <laughs> so <laughs> sad good man. Walk, walk. <laughs> <laughs> i missed one week and now all my words are getting jumbled so but uh let's let's go ahead and get into it uh rob what you been playing
1: uh, okay, well this was a, a full week to make up for my non-week last week that I thought I played a lot of stuff but didn't. This week I actually did play a lot of things. Um, playing Assassin's Creed Revelations again, cause, I don't know, I got a wild hair up my ass and was like, I'm gonna finish this game, and I'm struck by two things. I still really like Ezio a lot, and this, the games are definitely getting worse, like, technically. Like, there's just stuff that, like, I'm like, I never had this issue in the last game, or the game before that. And, like, now there are issues, like, little things, like, sometimes, like, climbing stuff, or, or running across buildings and things like that. I'm like, this, why why did we just do that? Like, why did I just jump off to my death or something? Like, stuff that, like, never happened before. And, it, it, I don't know, stuff that just doesn't work correctly, like, in, in combat and things like that. It's just random things, but, so... I don't know how I feel about 3 now thinking about that. Oh, it's
0: definitely not as polished as the others.
1: Yeah, like that. Like that's it. It's it's not as polished. Like, just little technical things. I'm like, if you've played the other game, like, it's a good game but if you've played the other games, you're like, that's a little off. But, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, Yeah, it, it's still, and, and still no revelations. It's just, stuff's happening. I don't know. You're just playing it just a yeah, yeah, like as you know, that's it. Um,
0: Keep your hopes low. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll keep my my expectations it's a low summer. Um then I've been playing DCU, just getting back into it again because now they have a new DLC pack, so I feel like I needed to play again. Um uh, I started in Realm of the Mad God after, well, I had already downloaded it, but after hearing Nick talk about it, I finally like played it. And it's interesting. It's it's fun. Like I I can just sit down for like a you know, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes and just play it for a while and you know like okay fun that was that's fulfilling
2: a, that's exactly why i like it it's exactly like it
1: and it is like a bullet hell like mmorpg kind of but it's, that's what i feel like it is um and then there's civ 5 another random thing that like i just started picking up to play again um journey i played that like four more times at least and it's still just as good every time and I'm slowly converting people that were like, I didn't give a crap about that game before, but I'll try it since you're so since you're so excited about it. And I had somebody message me today who was like, dude, it was amazing. It it is the best game I've played in a long time. So I'm winning people to the cause because it's a really good game. Um Pandora Saga, which is a free to play memo that I I guess maybe has been out, but it's on Steam now so you know now i know about it (laughs) uh it's from atlas and it reminds me a lot of final fantasy 11 which i love i don't know how that's going to do for everybody else but i like it it's a free to play final fantasy 11 to me
2: i mean i may need to ask you what server you're on that sounds like that'd be exactly right up my alley
1: um there's all there was only one choice when i logged in easy enough then yeah so um and I started, I can't even, I guess I shouldn't even say that I played the Old Republic, but the Free Weekend started today. And I, since I sat through like 30 gigs of downloads, I'm going to say I played it. <laughs> I sat there and I don't watched know.
0: The I I, had, th- I gotta, I gotta throw a flag on that play. Oh. That's, that's not playing the game.
1: I, okay, well, I did, I started to create a character and then I stopped because I had to do some things, but, you know, I started. I'm
2: gonna have to, gonna have to get you for false start. <laughs> I, I'd argue character creation counts as playing
1: I don't know I probably would have finished character creation had it not been for sitting there watching that opening cinematic but it's, that, it's the cinematic they showed like the last cinematic they showed like E3 it's like the opening cinematic for the game right. and it's, it's still really impressive it's too bad none of that's going to be in the game like you know graphical wise but yeah and then um, so I bought Mass Effect 3 this is my last little story. I bought Mass Effect 3, finally. But I made the hard, terrible choice to not get it on Xbox where I have my entire shepherded career already built up from 1 through 3, or 1 through this one. So I got it on PC instead, because I want to play multiplayer and I would just rather play it on PC for one, and for two I don't really deal with Xbox Live. Um, so I bought Mass Effect 1, and I'm going to start over. So, so that, you're playing the whole game. I'm playing all of them over again.
2: Are you finding that it's I'm better out. on PC than it was on Xbox?
1: A little bit. I I I I mean the first one definitely. I was like, oh, this is a little more not annoying in the beginning. I don't know, like it still starts slow. Like that hasn't really changed. I mean the story's not going to change, but at least I feel like it plays better. Like I I just like I I even playing Mass Effect 2 versus playing, like, two on consoles. Like, I enjoyed playing two more, just messing with it again, like, having it... I got it for free. Um, playing it on PC, I just enjoyed it more. So, I kind of made that choice based on that. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Well, I couldn't even get through the first Mass Effect until I played it on PC. It's just so much... Well, for me, it's it feels so much easier.
1: It is. Uh, that's the thing. It is easier. Like, th- that was the big thing that struck me. That's why I was like, I kind of like playing Mass Effect 2 on PC. It's too bad my other Shepard isn't on here. Right. And then I just made that decision. I was like, you know, I'll just do it over again cuz I like the series enough and I don't actually have the first one anymore like on 360 or on 360, so I was like, well, at least now I have the whole trilogy.
0: Yeah, I was actually thinking about finishing up the first Mass Effect um this weekend, <laughs> but then like, oh, I got like two games dropped on me <laughs> like today that need to be reviewed by next week, so not happening. Yeah, yeah, we,
1: we both have a couple of games now. Or, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's
0: good. It's good. It's good. It's <laughs> but, good.
1: i mean, you're not gonna complain, but you know, it cuts into your gaming time because I know this point, point, play, play, playing, playing those, play those other games, games does. Yeah, it's still gonna take like another month now until I actually get to play Mass Effect Three, probably. But you know, that's okay. So that's it. That's all I've been playing. Nick, all right.
2: what about you, Nick? Uh, I've been. Well, I also have downloaded the uh well, actually been in the process of downloading the uh old republic for the free weekend but i haven't actually played that so i'm not even gonna run the place so no flag um but also i've I've actually as i, as I sort of alluded to i've been playing a, a, a lot more realm of the old god than uh than uh i was expecting to and i'm still crawling through mass effect 2 and i have a bad feeling you guys are probably gonna get to mass effect 3 before i am
0: i don't know you, you we've talked about my backlog before so I think you still have a good. Well, Rob will probably get to it before you do.
1: Maybe it depends on how many Maybe. games come in for review between after this next set. And then on then top, then top of that, we got packs set. coming up, so yeah.
2: yes, that too. That that just wipes out April, really.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah so
2: well, I'll, I'll shoot to finish everything by that first weekend of April. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah, and then you can expand to other games so you can talk about more when we do this little segment.
2: I I I, I downloaded Tor. Actually, I'll download the uh, DCU for next week. How's that?
0: That's cool. You can still play Infamous start. as well. <laughs> and I'll, I'll play
2: at least five minutes of Infamous.
0: <laughs> okay, Slacker. Um, well, are you? You're all done. It's my turn. Yeah, oh, well, thank my i I'm, I'm I'm out. Okay. All right. So, well, I, you know, I wasn't here last week, so I have two weeks of games to talk about. Um, actually, I think I'm gonna start with my Vita first. So I, I picked up a Vita, um, and I love it. I really don't understand how anybody who puts their hands on it does not love it to play it. You know, like, how do you not, like, I just don't understand how you could give the Vita a bad review, you know. Um, uh, So I have seen some of the slow loading that some people have talked about. I've only seen it on Wipeout 2048, though. Um, And that's what actually I've been playing the most. And I absolutely love Wipeout 2048. I had I-, I have all the wipeouts. It is by far my favorite, and I'm yeah, I was gonna,
1: to. I was gonna ask if like you just like oh I like this wipeout, but I haven't liked any other ones, or if like you liked wipeout before. I'm a right? huge
0: fan of the series. Okay, and this like I well this is the I play there's two games that I play with headphones in this and Uncharted, and I'll get to Uncharted, but um because the sound like if you have your headphones in, the sound is is phenomenal. The music's great. Um, the tracks are very, they're really well put together. Um, and the thing that they really did different with this wipeout, I I was like, it looks and it feels different. Why does it feel so different? And with the other wipeouts, you're pretty much like just on, you know, like futuristic like F1 tracks or, or, you know, like, you know, that, that, that formula racing, those tracks and you feel isolated, like on those tracks, Period. But, in these tracks for twenty forty eight they're inside of cities for the most part. Well that's what at least it feels like. They're inside of cities so you, it feels like you get to see more of the future and that's what's really nice. It actually has a really cool open and cinematic too where uh it go it does like the history of racing up into twenty forty eight so it starts off with like you know cars we had back in like in the fifties and stuff like that and it increments all the way up to 2048 in that cinematic which is really cool. It even shows like a couple iterations of future cars before we get to the wipeout vehicles. Hmm,
2: that's so.
0: Good. Yeah, they, they they did a good job. Um one that that game is a perfect example of how they should do the interfaces for the Vita because it just feels so natural with you know like you all as you play, you know, you use the regular controls, you use the thumbstick and the buttons. But you know, going through your options and stuff like that, you use the touchscreen, and they didn't have to tell me to use the touchscreen. I just knew. I just knew, knew to use it. Like it's a, I just pressed the button. Like you know, like as soon as it comes up, I press the button, and it just felt very natural. Um, the map screen is actually pretty cool because you can move around. Not the map screen, sorry, but the race screen. Like it's like a little map and you can actually move around it and it's hidden races like you unlock hidden races by doing things and you can actually move around that and find hidden races it's just it's by far spent the most of my time I spent the most of my time with with that game so far but I've also been playing Uncharted Golden Abyss which so far I like it I I like it it's just like any other Uncharted game it's good the dialogue is uh, pretty funny I mean it's not the best Uncharted game but it's, it's a good Uncharted game Um, the controls, I mean, it it really doesn't miss anything, and that's, that's the beauty of the Vita, like, you don't have to skimp out on anything, in terms of the game, you know. Um, with the PSP, it only had one thumbstick, so therefore you couldn't do aiming the same way you did, uh, you know, uh, on a PS3, but now you can. That was the only thing that would drive me crazy about the Metal Gear games for the PSP, because the way you had to do the aiming and it just wasn't as smooth. So uh, I'm looking forward to more games like Uncharted, you know, or Metal Gear on the Vita. Uh Super Stardust, Delta, I played as well. And uh that game showed me how much I disliked the back touch the back touch pad. It really did because um I, I guess they didn't expect for somebody with the my size hands to play that game. I Anybody don't know. with,
1: you know, bigger hands. <laughs> exactly, yeah.
0: So like <laughs> there's a, you can make these like black holes by touching the the, the back touch pad in the right place or well, you know in specific areas um, I was making black holes like crazy because like my Just hands on accident yeah yeah because my hand kept on touching it and so like the black holes in that game were terrible cuz they suck like if i accidentally touched like where i was it would suck all of the enemies right into me you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I was bad. But luckily, for all of the Vita games that I've played so far, you can disable, like, all the motion stuff, the back touchpad for each game.
1: Yeah, that's I, that's what I was going to say. Like, that's the one good thing. It's kind of like the six-axis thing when that was like, oh, we're going to use this in, like, every game. Like, you know, what was a Heavenly Sword and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. But you could turn it off. So it was right. like, okay, this is bearable now. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, so... At least, like you know, it's annoying when it's on, but I turned it off and I was fine. I also played a little Deviants. That game is balls. Like, uh, it's just I'm trading it in. That's my first. That's my first Vita trade in, along with War in the North. I, I had that sitting here. I meant to go trade that in when I went to go get my Vita, but I forgot.
1: Uh, After seeing that game like in person, like when we were going to get a Vita, I was like no we're not getting that fucking bundle like we were both like you know what we'd rather get the memory card than that than that game because why we don't want that game A game looks like garbage right and there we go it is it was <laughs> so, garbage yeah
0: did you get, sometimes you can't tell a book by its cover does the non-bundle come with the hard vita case uh
1: we got the the 3g uh wi-fi one and it didn't come with a like a hard case but it did come with an 8 gig memory card so Uh, we opted for that and we just got a bundle pack instead that has another memory card and a case so yeah
0: yeah this one comes with uh, like the 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 first early adopters kit or whatever you call it came with a hard case and we looked at it
1: but we just even with the case we were like for what like to get really to get little deviants like no like we just opted not to
0: yeah yeah it's uh i mean everything else was fine it was just that little deviance will be traded in so uh let's see so besides oh yeah one thing i want to say about the vita that I, i don't really think anybody has mentioned is how long it lasts on standby and how quickly it comes back from standby like i would play wipeout and then all you do is hit the power button once and it goes into standby leave it for two days come back hit the power button one second swipe the thing to unlock it and boom i'm instantly playing like exactly where i left off
1: oh yeah dad all the psps were good with that like psp go fucking great with that like i would leave the psp go on standby for like two weeks and come back and start playing again but like the vita is good with that and like in fact i don't i feel bad for anybody who's like i'm going to totally turn the system off every time like yeah I <laughs> use it. because like that does t- it does take a little while to start up but like putting it standby it's just like hit the little button, hit the hit the PS button or hit the power button, and it's boop. Hey, what's up? Let's exactly. play.
0: Exactly, and that like that's beautiful. <laughs> that is like excellent. Yeah, and so, it, and it really it burns like no batteries. Like it, oh, yeah. it, the standby is good on it. Yeah. So that was that was I thought that was really cool the way they did that. Um, but other than that, uh, I've been playing a couple other games. That game that I couldn't mention last time I was on the MashCast was I Am Alive, which you you, know, you might have guessed that by what we said. But oh I was I am alive, so I played that, I got to review it early, and as I was playing through it, I kind of had you know mixed feelings like I was actually at first, I was a little bit disappointed that it wasn't there was so many missed opportunities for it to be intense, like an intense game, and then i I kind of accepted that, you know, I went to my acceptance stage, <laughs> and once you accept that, okay, it's a bit disappointing from what it could've been or what it was supposed to be, because the story changed like the story was supposed to be. Uh, you were in Chicago, there was like a major earthquake that had just happened, and now you're looking for your girlfriend, like a week or two later, you know? And I Am Alive, there's an event that go, that they don't, they don't tell you what the event is, um, so there was an event that happened, uh, and it's a year later, and you were away from your hometown, and now you've made, you've come back to your hometown, um, to, to, to find your wife and kid, and that's what the story is uh, It's been getting mixed reviews like some places are giving like really high some places are giving it really low I think I gave like a 3.4 I mean it's not a bad game it's a it's not, it's not a right game you know but it's not the best game you should go on with tempered expectations. one thing I surprising, did you guys see IGN's review on I am alive? Uh, didn't they like dog it like he gave it a like, 4.5 yeah he gave it a 4.5 which they, let's see it's
1: ign though like everything else is like a 7 or an 8 or more and it's like well we gotta we gotta we gotta have like some sort of like a edgy choice where it's like it's a game that's fairly popular but not really that popular because it's new ip and not that many people played it and so oh it's garbage to show that we still have journalistic integrity, oh. and and we review stuff like for real.
0: And that that review to me, like Nick, did you see it at all? or No, no I didn't. No, I didn't see that at all. Yeah, he definitely gave it, like a four point five. That review, like when I read the review, I was like, this is his emotion talking. I think he, I'm pretty positive he was bad at the game, and he was getting frustrated while playing. That's what I think was happening. Like I'm reading it, and he, I get, I get to the part where he's like, yeah, and the and the bow takes too long. You know, the bow takes too long to fire. I was just like, really? You you expect the bow to fire as fast as, like, the handgun? I mean, that's the whole point of the bow. I mean, the bow in the game, you only get one arrow. And the thing is, you can go pick the arrow up. That's the advantage of the bow and arrow. But the thing is, it's a bow and arrow. Of course, like, you pull it out. You have to pull it back to aim. You know, it works the same way as the gun. Like, you know, if you if you... Like, with the gun, if you just, you know, if you raise it up into somebody's face, like, they'll back up, you know, until they figure out that you're not bluffing, until they, they figure out, oh, they might think that you're bluffing or not, and if they say that you're not bluffing, they might come at you, but the bow's the same way, if you pull it up and pull it back, people will move back, they'll react to it, so basically, all I wanted, all I really did was, um, if I was out of ammo, I'd use the gun to scare them, you know, i used use the bow to shoot one, I put the gun back in their face, and I'll go pick up the, bow, the arrow, and I'll use it to shoot one. That's the only thing I had to...
2: Uh, one of the bad things about the game was... The that just AI. sounds I
1: was, like, really ready. terrible, like, when you describe it
0: that
2: way. <laughs> it, <laughs> it that's really what it does. So if you, like, shoot the arrow, like, into the ocean or something, like... You can't it, get it back. That Gone. wow, You can't get it back. Can you club people with the bow, then? Or?
0: No, no. You can't club people with the bow. I mean, there's different reactions. Like people what have different. you rea- want to do something useful with an like, item? <laughs> people have different reactions to different things in that game. Like some, like some people are cowardly, and some people are, are braver. Like some of the enemies you come across, like some guys, you put the gun in their face, you make them back up a bit. They'll they'll go into the, they'll put themselves on the ground, and you can knock them out. Some people will be like, oh yeah, use it, use it, and they'll run after you or run into you if you don't use it. And the thing is, like in in groups if you can find the alpha male or female and she can kill them, the other ones will typically fall into line. Or if they see you do something to somebody, like if you could if back somebody up into like a fire and then kick them into the fire, they get a bit timid. But that's the thing, like sometimes it was just hold the gun up, get my bow back, kill the next guy. <laughs> that's the thing. So like at some points the AI um, wasn't that intuitive. Like <laughs> like oh this one time... I, it was a guy who I didn't have to kill. Like he, he was just he. Was, some people there just want to protect themselves, so they be like, you know, get away from me. They'll put a gun, you know, they, they'll like, you know, like wave their knife at you. So this guy was like, get away from me. But I saw behind him, he had a fruitcake. So I wanted the fruitcake. So you know, I um, <laughs> I uh, put the gun, I put the gun up, and i I took the fruitcake and I backed up because he backed up past it. And as soon as I put the gun out, he's like, oh, payback time, and he starts running at me. I had to shoot him. You know, like, really? Like, like, you know, the AI forgets that fast that I have a weapon and and they don't? I think that was a really good fruitcake.
1: Yeah, you know, the only thing that struck me about that entire thing was that, wow, it must be the apocalypse you were fighting over a fruitcake.
0: It was great. Actually, there is, like, a secret weapon you can get in the game that is awesome, the shotgun, but it's not blatantly obvious how you get it, and I'm not spilling the beans. Do do you have to pick (sighs) up the shells after you shoot it? No,
2: (laughs) Lol. You sit
1: there and you make metal. Yeah,
0: (laughs) the thing is, it only has five shots. So once you run out of those five shots, you're done. But it's very easy to conserve, like you know, because you know you have your bow. So, but it's awesome. But enough about I'm Alive. It's an alright game. I will go with tempered expectations. Uh, It's not a bad game in the least. It's just an okay game. S S X on the other hand is an awesome game. I was playing S S X. Um, I got that. I got a review copy of that and I mean there's only two parts that I didn't like I didn't like the part where you had to wear the oxygen mask because you kept on having to press the button to give yourself oxygen and it takes away from the tricking like you know when you do tricks and stuff it, it it's hard to do the, all the tricks plus continually give yourself oxygen so you just wind up trying to get down the mountain as fast as possible and I also didn't like the pulse goggles where you can barely see anything But other than that, the game was awesome. I think it's a great reboot of the series. They did a good job. Um, I also played Journey. And at this point, I'm still waiting for the game to get good. I really am. How
1: long did you play it?
0: I've been in for about an hour, maybe a little bit more. And I'm. Are you, like, not done with it yet? Like, have you not finished the playthrough yet? I don't think so. I might I guess. I'm, I'm if you tell me that so you know when you finish movie. a playthrough. Oh, okay, like I don't know, like I'm, I'm just waiting for it to get good. I mean, every, it's getting 10 out of 10, 5 out of 5 everywhere. And I'm just like uh, I mean, it looks beautiful. It sounds great. Controls are very simple. But in terms of actual gameplay, I'm kind of like well, where is it? <laughs> That's the thing for me. Like, I've got like where, like, where is it? Like, okay, I'm taking the journey. I get that, but other than that, I don't know. I mean, right now I'm just kind of running around, sliding around the sand. <laughs> oh,
1: what... maybe it's that you're dicking around. I don't know. Maybe it's that you're dicking around too much, which is fine. But I, I think like because it's not about like oh like gameplay. Because I mean, gameplay is it is very simple. It's it's really about kind of like the story that develops from you taking your journey, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I I guess we'll see what happens. So you get to the end, but it's weird that you're like, yeah, it's, I'm just waiting for it to get good. I'm like, what?
0: <laughs> Wait for, I'm, I'm waiting. Like, I'm waiting for something to happen that makes uh, it good to have,
1: do. So, are you still just in the desert? Is that what you're doing?
0: No, I'm out of the desert. Like uh, the colors have changed for me. <laughs> Is it blue? That's huh? Is it blue? Yeah, it's like bluish, like. You
1: have you gotten through that part
0: no i think i still have more blue to go through
1: okay maybe that's the issue i don't know maybe that's the issue because like things definitely take a turn and i don't know it the tone changes a little bit and then it changes again and and then like it just doesn't really stop until the end of the game but anyway
0: we'll see i mean uh, next i mean i'm pretty sure i will have it beat by next week but
1: I'm surprised to say like I would if you've been playing it for like an hour like I think I I think I'd finish a playthrough in about an hour like it right. just take well, a while I
0: I would do a lot of exploring that's the thing I'm like well yeah. like my cape or whatever you, that little yeah the thing behind me yeah shit's super long right now yeah
1: <laughs> like I've I mean I guess like you know once you've played it once like you kind of you know where stuff is and it's just a little bit faster but yeah I don't even my first time like it was maybe like an hour and a half or something. Wow. So.
0: I was like a, a guy came into my game, or I came into his game, however you want to put it, and I was dicking around with that guy or girl, whoever they were, right. you know, for for a little bit. But yeah, it surprised me. Like, the first time, like, that happened, I thought I'd have to go, like, into an online mode for that, but they nope. like I was just, like, running, and all of a sudden, some dude just ran past me like, boop, bye. I was like, oh, okay.
1: just randomly kind of like wandering in and out like that's the whole point that's anonymous you know all that stuff you can choose to you know do you know hang out with people and do stuff or just keep doing your own thing or whatever you want to do
0: yeah so i don't know we'll see i'll give my official thoughts next week but yeah let's uh let's get into the topics finally everybody's like why are you not talking about news yet?
1: We actually played a bunch of games this week, so we yeah. had to. Yeah, everybody had a lot of stuff to talk about with all their gaming.
0: Everybody except Nick. I I was reading like, up on the news. It would be even
1: further. <laughs> it would be even. It would be even. For, it'd be even longer though if, he, if Nick yeah. played a bunch of games too. It yeah. Would be just I, uh, like, ah, oh, you know, what? we're not gonna talk about news this. Week. We're just talking about the games you. we played and shit. Well, typically,
0: I, go ahead, go ahead, Nick. Uh,
2: I've been formulating very well thought out opinions. Ah, okay. Well,
0: also two usually I don't have two weeks worth of games to talk about, so and I don't have a PSV to informal review to do as well. So that's the it's mostly my fault. I'll take that one. This
2: all is right. why your backlog has to stay as backlog. We can't handle it when you just dump all over us. Oh bad choice of words. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time for news. <laughs> time for news. Segway segue. Alright. Uh so the first thing which was music to my ears was that microsoft officially has said there will be no xbox no new xbox at e3 and don't get me wrong it's not like i don't want a new xbox because some people don't want a new console yet because they don't want to spend the money me i really don't care if it's good i'm gonna buy it but well i've expressed opinions before on the podcast that there's no way these rumors can be true of, of the new Xbox, of it being underpowered and being connect heavy and all these things that just make me ball up into... Well, you know, curl up into a ball and cry at night. You know, like, it can't be true. and I'm just really glad that Microsoft has said that we are not showing anything at E3 because it kind of puts a, uh, you know, question mark on the other rumors, even though I didn't believe it, that the Xbox was going to use, you know, like two, three-year-old tech for their, you know, GPU. But I'm just very glad that Microsoft came out and said, no, we will not be showing the new Xbox at E3, which means there's just, there's tons of time for them to do other stuff.
2: The way they
1: said it was funny too. I think that was the part they got me. I was like, oh, that's, that's just funny the way they put that, um, the actual quote that they sent to Kotaku was: while we appreciate all the interest in our long-range plans for the future We can confirm that there will be no talk of new Xbox hardware e3 or anytime soon for us 2012 is all about Xbox 360 and it's the best year ever for the Xbox 360 I'm gonna stop there because it's all bullshit after that point yeah. Um, but I just like the fact they're like thanks for all the interest guys Aka rumors, rumors, are wrong. Yeah you're, you know how right you are that you're so
0: far off that we're not even going to talk about it this year. I wonder if they paid anybody for that information. I'm sure like, some you know, one of them. And that guy sub-packs. is like in his bathtub counting his money laughing right now. You know, from, from what he got from whoever paid, did the the, the, the initial paying, and then the it's rest of the case is like are these sites,
1: They're like, oh, well, this guy was right on the money about this other thing that we broke, but we still can't tell you who he is. But Here's this other thing, and I am totally fucking wrong. Yeah. The stupid thing is this is not going to stop anything, though. Oh, definitely we're not. We're still going to have the rumors. It's still going to be a whole bunch of bullshit floating around. They're just going to push it off to next year now. You yeah. Know.
0: And well, the, the, the worst thing about it is that we're going to have Connectathon number three at this year's E3.
1: That's the worst thing. That's why I stopped even reading the quote, because basically the quote says, we're going to talk about X, like Connect some more. We're going to talk about Halo... Like, they're going to talk
0: about the new dashboard and probably eh, all the services they're bringing. And I really don't want to hear about any more services unless they're going to tell me you don't need HBO on cable to get HBO, whatever the HBO go. That's the only thing I want to hear about.
1: You're right. Like they're talking about Fable the Journey because I, I didn't even know they were still actually going to do that. I, I thought that, that were, they just realized how bad of an idea that was and it stopped. <laughs> but apparently not. So, there's still we're gonna connect the Connecticon 3 at E3, which is gonna be terrible, and then yeah, we're still gonna have rumors. So, I don't know, nothing changes really.
0: Yeah, and so I think did we say last year that Microsoft had the the worst conference? I think we did, yep, and I think it's gonna happen again because at least Nintendo's gonna have the Wii U in full form, you know, so that's up in the air. Yeah, hopefully it's better.
1: At least there's yeah. like a good, a good chance that they realize like, okay, step your game up, and then
0: yeah, yeah. You know, Sony still treats you know they treat the uh, the move as an accessory. So as long as they continue to do that, I'm pretty sure they're going to have a good showing. Plus they have all the stuff for the Vita at E3, you know. So I think Microsoft is going to have the worst. Is going to be I don't know. I'll make an early prediction since people like doing it. Worst of show, Microsoft. <laughs> well, yes,
1: I believe that. I, I fully believe that.
2: They said though they're not showing it. Did they say they're not going to at least announce like, "Oh next year we'll have it or anything like that? Why would they do that? I don't know, because well then they're going to have the worst of show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they're saying they don't, there's no they don't talk. you hate on their, saying, their show no so they got talk their at all. They said no talk, which doesn't mean like not. A, not only are we not showing it, they're, I mean they're not talking about it. Period. Which is the they, same thing PS3 What if, said, what if they what just end
2: bad. with like a, a silhouette of a console all blacked out? That
1: uh, yeah, know, no coming. point. Why would, yeah, like why would you do that? Actually, I mean like sure buzz, but like they, Microsoft's maybe, better at buzz building than that.
2: Maybe they enjoy the rumors as much as we do. <laughs> but, I don't know. Uh, but I will say I do hope that everything is rumor, because if not, then that means it's going to be one more year that we're waiting on. What do you say? A three-year-old graphics card in the in there so i mean yeah. the, well, if, if, if there's any truth to anything that we've heard the year will not be kind to them
0: who knows maybe they were the ones spreading the rumors get feelers out there They're like oh yeah that's a terrible idea let's Don't not do that
1: scrap this then and go to the ad next year <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah so yeah microsoft thank you for clearing that up but i'm pretty sure we're gonna hear some rumors anyway uh but i guess we'll just we'll keep an eye out and see what happens But in other news, uh, Capcom actually, specifically um, Christian, yes, Christian Svensson from Capcom, who is the John Travolta in that shot. Yep, kind of, yeah, in that shot, kind of
1: from Paris with Love, John Travolta. That's who he
0: with a little bit more chin. He's he's, he's Travolta crossed with a Baldwin. You really, that's actually kind of accurate. It's scary that you brought that up, Nick. Look <laughs> at that, that picture for all those. The pictures will be in the show notes. He's,
2: he's got like Stephen
1: Baldwin's sleepy eyes. That's, you might as well just make this like the title picture for the, the, Nobody's going to know why, but like, just listen and you'll know.
0: Oh, boy. But, um, okay. Steely so,
1: the eyes staring out at you.
0: So, uh, you know, basically what, uh, Christian was saying was that retail. Um, they got caught a little flat they got caught a little flat-footed when it came to the vita uh, according to him they were they were wishy-washing on stocking uh product versus demand so you know they weren't buying as many games as they really should have and it, i think it was probably because of what was happening in japan with the with the vita and they really couldn't get a good gauge on how well it was going to do over here 'Cause even analysts over here was saying, uh, oh, Vita's failing, blah, blah, blah you know, before he even got a chance to come out. Uh but he was saying, you know, they weren't stocking enough versus uh the demand. And actually when I went to get my Vita, they were almost out of every single game. Like yep. the only game I could pick up was Uncharted and I had to find it myself. That's the thing, like I I asked the the girl about it. And she uh, she's like, yeah. Well, it says we have like one, but I, I can't find it. And I actually wound up finding it myself. Um, and then uh, other next, I want to wipe out as well. And I had to buy Wipeout online when I got back home, which well, it was five dollars cheaper, so I can't c- complain too much about that. Um, but yeah, he was saying they having a a hard time stocking the games. And he also made uh, another statement saying that their their sell through has been reasonably decent so i guess that means that they're not making you know bundles of money on the vita yet but at least the sell-through is good enough for them to you know continue to invest in it um he also said that that he uh well actually before we get into that he says that uh, the holidays are going to be much more telling for the vita because the holidays were the 3ds solidified which is true um if the Vita does... Well, I do expect the Vita to do much better during the holiday season, and it will kind of be the judge if it was successful or if it wasn't. But... The reason... One of the major reasons why 3DS uh, solidified during the holiday season... There's two reasons, actually. Um, price drops. Well, one is the... Three reasons. One is the price drop, two is uh, a Mario platformer, and three is Mario Kart. You had... Those two games drop within weeks of each other. Well, it also
1: then. that also boils down to two reasons, really, which is price drop and actual games, which is something that 3DS lacked the whole time, really, before that. That's true.
0: Yeah, so, like, they, uh, yeah, they. I, it, well, right now, to be honest with you, the Vita has the, I, I kind of want to say from Best any, launch lineup ever. Yeah, exactly, awesome. yeah. I want to say from any console, period, the best launch lineup ever like i mean i don't know how many games were were at the launch total it was in the 20s right
1: yeah it was in the 20s
0: yeah it was like in and the like, 20s there
1: was some stuff that, you know started coming out like a couple weeks after like the launch which is still launch window but it wasn't like, 20 I mean,
0: it wasn't 20 games of shovelware either no. i mean besides little deviants i'm trying to think what other what other games like really there's i can't even remember the name of the game that i saw that was kind of like a dungeon crawler and it didn't look that good, but you know, you had Uncharted, you have Wipeout, you have Ultimate War vs. Capcom Three, you have a whole bunch of games out there that are just um that are really really good. So, yeah, Vita 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 uh, has a long has a strong lineup. There's going to be more games coming out that are going to be even better by the time the holiday season comes. So I think the Vita is going to do just just great. Um, he also mentioned in this article, which is on GamesIndustry.biz, by the way. Uh, that the the dedicated handheld market is alive and well in Japan, and he thinks that mobile and dedicated consoles can't survive alongside each other. Which I think a lot of us think the same thing. A lot of us who actually play games could think the same thing because there's just so much you can't get from a mobile device, even if it's as powerful. Let's say there's a mobile device as powerful as a Vita. There's just still things you can't get from it because it doesn't have buttons, you know. Or if they do have buttons, they usually Clunky or you know out of the way or you know just uncomfortable because it's supposed to be it's a phone first and a game system second so you know actually and it's funny because the at the end of the article they say the PS Vita was at the fourth spot of Japanese sales charts sold ten thousand forty one units this week I'm like ah that's a really nice way to put a spin on what he said or put some yeah. perspective on what he said so. Although
1: that is up from before, though. I'm pretty is sure. Up. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's like double. <laughs> There's something before, so... All Japan,
0: all Japan needs is that Japanese killer app. And they'll be fine. You know? They'll be fine. Because that's... I mean, Japan is like, you know... Actually, I think we discussed this before. Where Japan is very much about the software. Like, software moves games in Japan. More so than the United States. People will buy something in the United States just because the hardware rocks. So, uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, uh, well, I guess we'll find out this holiday season, right? So,
2: Nick, are you saying something? No, I just wanted to say the one thing I find interesting about this is that for as much as we like to talk about analysts predicting doom and gloom for a console, I think this is sort of the first time that we've seen sort of the actual effects of that. that. Like, you know, Capcom, I guess, you know, adjusted their retail expectations accordingly and they got caught and, and it, it's sort of like, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, we can kind of wonder like, Oh, well, you know, just cause like, you know, like, you know, Stanley Wedbush or whoever is saying that a console is not going to do well, what does that really mean? This is what it really means that, you know, that we might see some of the companies that we like and root for, you know, struggling as a result of that.
1: Yeah. We don't, yeah, we don't like it as gamers or people who buy the product don't necessarily see like, Oh, well, whatever. Like we'll see what happens. But you do have the companies who actually do pay attention to those analysts and they decide what they're going to buy based on what they've seen and what those people say. So, yeah, I can see what you're saying there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see what you're saying there. And In this case, now they don't have the product to give the people when they want it. So what's going to happen? You go home, you start up your Vita, and you look at the PlayStation Network. Oh, I can get these full games? Well, I'm just going to do that. <laughs> you know? And I them. That was the only thing that was
1: weird to me, although I get the need to have product like on shelves because it is easier to sell a game to somebody when they're buying a system at the same time rather than saying like, oh, here's a system. Like, of course, they're going to need some game. But like, what game is it they're going to get? You know, they having guidance or anything. And then you go home and you're like, well, I guess I'll get some game. So uh, it's just it's a little weird, like because they do have like the the discount program on the, on the online and all that stuff. So it's like, well, there's games to buy, you know, even if they don't have them in the store, but there are people who are always going to want, you know, that product in the store type of thing.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just move on to our next topic because I think we're all beat it out for now, but, uh, we're going to move into EA. Um, we talked about this before where uh I think it was uh John Berticello. He was talking regard he's talking about how he he yeah, seen Call of Duty don't. Elite. Yeah, he was talking about he, uh, he's seen Call of Duty Elite and he likes it. He likes you know, of course he likes it because it makes money. <laughs> but uh you know, he was he was impressed with it and wouldn't be surprised that if they, they, they kinda took the same path uh and now uh this article which is from well, actually it's another games industry article uh and this is a interview with Patrick Sutteron. and he is the EA Games label head and uh what he's saying is that EA is looking to maximize their investment and get the most out of their investment they want to get more people playing the product um, and he they you know they don't know if they're going to make a subscription model for Battlefield yet they have you know they don't know if it's going to take them down the same path but come on, let's be real. It's going it to be the same thing with probably a couple tweaks. <laughs> you know, if they, if they go down that path of trying to get constant monetization of games. You know, because of course you can go free to play. You know, you can go free to play and do your uh, microtransactions and things of that nature. But why go free to play if you can have somebody buy the game? And then spend fifty bucks on a subscription model every year, anyway.
1: There, there's no reason. Like you do that if you feel like it's the best course for the game to go free to play, or if it's you have no other options. But in this case, they got plenty of money. They got plenty of people willing to shell, shell out money for this game. So why do that?
0: Exactly. Uh, I mean, like for if Battlefield's a triple A title. So you know, for smaller titles like you know uh, DCU or us, uh, you know. Even like a Hawken, which looks great, but it's still gonna be a smaller title than Battlefield. Um, you know, going free to play is probably the way to go. But if you have a a AAA title that people are gonna shell sixty bucks out for, and then fifty bucks a year, you know, that's that's why not. You know, that so it makes perfect sense that they're doing it. The only thing that sucks is, you know, if they do take that model, really, I don't want the the Call of Duty Elite effect on other games because. You know, right now with Call of Duty Elite, you either you buy Call of Duty which is sixty bucks, then you pay fifty bucks a month. Oh, sorry, sorry, not a month, a year. If you decide not to do the fifty bucks a year, then you have to buy all the DLC piecemeal, which they've actually divided the DLC into even more pieces. Like it's they they're delivering like three pieces like a three pieces of DLC like every like know, sixty days.
1: Something like that. And the thing that really kills about that, though, is not only do you have the... Like, they're, they're splitting it up piecemeal, but on top of that, like, everything's a different content schedule. They have a different content schedule for, like, everything. They have the content schedule for people who are on Xbox 360 and have Call of Duty Elite. You have people who are just on Xbox 360 You have, like, gold. And you have, you know, regular Elite and then, like, PS3. Like, there's, like... <laughs> there's like five different schedules for when stuff comes out based on what combination of stuff that you have and it's just kind of silly after a certain point
2: but the people on the same console like you know regardless of what package you have if you're on the Xbox you can all play with the other Xbox users if or you have the DLC
0: so no and I'll tell you why because Xbox uh, Xbox Elite users Got the first DLC before everybody, including other Xbox users. So first it was Xbox Elite member uh, um, Call of Duty Elite members, then it was regular people who had Xbox, then it moved down to PS3.
2: So, so the content schedule is fragmenting the user base.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yep. But they have to.
1: They have to. Why? Well, because if. Okay, you can still opt to buy everything piecemeal. Okay, maybe it costs you a little bit more money, but what if you are not gonna buy all those map packs? Okay, well then you just you just buy them piecemeal. Well then we need something else to really get people to like think elite is great, so you put them on a schedule where they get stuff first. <gasps> it's a big deal now, you know, or whatever. Like I don't know, it's stupid, but that's how they get around it, I guess. Yeah.
0: And the thing is like, you know, if your friend has elite and you don't have elite And he's like, oh, come on, bro. I got Elite. I got to play this new Call of Duty, yo. You know, play with me. (laughs) You know, pressure. Exactly. Friends pressure friends, you know, into uh, Call of Duty Elite. So, yeah, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, a real friend would shell out and and buy the guy Elite. Ah, there you go. Hey.
1: A real, real friend would play Battlefield 3 or something instead. <laughs> <laughs> real, real,
0: For now. Real until, a, and, until oh, Go ahead, Nick. I was going to say, real friends
2: don't let friends play Elite. True.
0: It <laughs> hey. yeah, wasn't well, until two years from now when the next Battlefield comes out and we're having the same conversation about them. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: then, then the situation will be different. But it, I, I at least like the fact that they're only talking about it right now and they haven't been like, oh, we're rolling this thing out real fast. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm kind of okay with that. Well,
0: because they, they have to find an edge. They've got to find an edge. They got to find. Oh, it's not Call of Duty Elite because we give you dog tags, like you know what I'm saying? Like you All know, right. we get you know something. Yeah,
1: something else we give you.
0: Yeah. yeah, we give you, we give you this, or we give you that. You know, maybe their edge is like, well, we don't release DLC every month, and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, totally different. Not Call of Duty Elite, <laughs> you know. So uh, we'll see what happens. I, I, I. I I always expect the worst, so hopefully EA does something that is actually like a good idea. Like you know, it it doesn't feel like they're taking stuff away or leaving stuff out of the game to make you pay extra for this service. You know, but I can I can only hope. But I I I hope for the best, prepare for the worst. You know. Uh, But on to our next topic, we're gonna talk a bit about Metacritic. Uh oh well, specifically Metacritic bonuses. Uh which this is something that users typically do not well they don't see it. Uh this all kicked off because uh you know it's been big news that uh Obsidian uh then they created Fallout New New Vegas. Obsidian is um they're 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 closing down. Actually have they already closed down or are they still in the process of closing down?
1: Uh no, um they are in financial trouble, but the studio's not closing. What happened is that about thirty staff people got let go, and then they also well. And what kicked that off is that the South Park RPG that they've been talking about and all that stuff like got axed. Like,
2: I thought the South Park RPG was still alive. I thought it was uh, an undisclosed uh, next-gen console game that got axed. Because no, they're, they're saying, they're that, saying,
1: that, yeah, I keep hearing the South Park got axed. No, see, I've been, they, been
2: hearing that South Park is is. South Park is okay. It's the it's some un, undisclosed project that was axed. Ah, uh, see, so look at that. Information is everywhere, <laughs> so all over the place.
0: Um, but either way, okay. So they're not closing down, but they uh, they had to let thirty people go. Uh, due to the financial trouble on an undisclosed project. That's our official line now. Uh, but either way, um, there was a Twitter follower who uh, they asked the question, like you know. Well, Fallout New Vegas did really good. Well, this is not a quote, by the way. But, you know, basically saying well, Fallout New Vegas did really good. Why are you in financial trouble? Yeah, and basically the response was that uh, uh, Fallout New Vegas was straight payment, no royalties. Only a bonus if we got an 85-plus on Metacritic, which we didn't. And uh, I, for me, like the picture that I saw, it showed the Metacritic score, which is 84 they missed it by one point, so one point on Metacritic was uh, the difference between. Well, actually, you don't know, no, maybe it wasn't the difference between them keeping those thirty people or not, but you know, it definitely would have helped in their current situation of you know not being in financial trouble. You know, uh, so now you know articles are kind of popping up like, well, you know, kind of you know what's up with the Metacritic bonus pay. Well, why is it important? Uh, and actually, there's an article on Kotaku, well, the Australian Kotaku site, which talked about why game developer bonuses are based off of review scores. And, you know, a Metacritic score, I guess it does hold, it does hold weight. And it will, uh, I guess it'll uh, encourage people to buy if the game is, um, is good enough if it has a high score and encourage people to buy and therefore, you know, obviously produce more sales. Um Well, somebody, uh, I believe it was on Kotaku, the regular Kotaku sites, uh, one of the writers said that it might encourage developers to put that extra polish behind the game before they release it so that they get a higher score. Uh, but the Australia site brought up a good point that I, I was thinking about on Metacritic. Like, nobody knows how Metacritic, like, they don't their formula nobody they knows how, works. how they
1: do it works exactly
0: yeah. and there's there are sites that their their score doesn't weigh as heavily as other sites like a score from game informer will be different from a score from edge you know if if it's the same exact score it holds different weight you know so and
1: then and then they also make the point that even on top of that like a 7 between like ign and a 7 from from edge or something like that isn't even necessarily the same thing really
0: pretty sure that's just what i said
1: no but you were well i thought you were saying that like their scores are also weighted differently in within metacritic system not only just between those two sites but metacritic weights different reviewers more heavily than others like their scores don't count the same so a seven from this site and a seven from this site because metacritic weights it more they're not the same
2: does the weighing offset the i guess difference in rating balance
1: i don't think so i think it's just a certain like but that's the thing nobody knows like on top like i'm just guessing but like i'm pretty sure not but on top of that nobody knows because they won't say so you're kind of like sure it seems to come out okay in the wash but if you're basing people's bonuses and stuff like that on it is that really what you want to go by
0: yeah type of thing not to mention not every site on Metacritic that, where that actually goes into the official Metacritic score is like a professional site, you know, professional journalistic site. Right? You know, that's, that's not the case. Like, they, they, do, they do have blogs on there where people are handing out scores. Um, and the thing is, look, we actually, we talked about that IGN review earlier. That guy gave I Am Alive a 4.5 because he was bad at the game. At least that's what I think. I think he gave the game a 4.5 because it definitely did not deserve that low of a score. Maybe he was paid to be bad at the game. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but, um, you know, he was he, he didn't like the game because he was having a hard time with it, and he he just he dumped low scores all over that game. And, you know, that goes into Metacritic for that game.
1: And the thing that really, like... I guess is even more like stands out more because of that or not even because of that. But the thing that the other thing that stands out is that you, you know, you're, you think that like he gave it too low of a score, but maybe he thinks you give it too. like, it's all people's opinions. And there's no like considering like almost everybody knows that review scores are broken. Like for the most part, the, 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 that 5.0 on like a, a scale of 10 is not middle range for games like everybody knows that if you pick up if you look at ig and if you read game informer like you know that a 7 is closer to the average than a 5 even though 5 should be the mathematical average you know
0: right yeah. Well, even on our site like a two point five, we do out of 5 a 2.5 isn't the average a right. three is the average right yeah, so I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if that's the way things work in the game industry, because you know they have to sign those agreements, um, you know, before they they make everything official with the publisher they're going with. But you know, like who? <laughs> what? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna either are you gonna be like, no, we're not gonna do it. We we don't want that clause in our contract. We're not gonna do the game. No, you're gonna you're gonna do the game because at least you're gonna get paid at the very least.
1: See, that's why it's like a a confluence of things. Like, number one, like, okay, corporations really shouldn't be using Metacritic to determine people's bonuses. Like, but do you use sales? Not everything that's good sells well. So in a way, it's like, well, Metacritic is a boon for some things, because if you have, like, say, Enslaved or something like that, critically, they do really well, but they don't sell a lot of games. So... I mean, but it's, like, really, like, can't you just determine some other method or, like, some other way internally to, like, figure out? Instead of just being, like, eh, we'll let Metacritic do it for us. You know, like, how arbitrary is that? How long do you have to wait until you get, you know, the scores before you give them a bonus? Like, what if it eventually gets to 85 or something? Like, somebody's like, oh, I reviewed the game later or something. Like, how there's just so many, like, variables in that. And it's, like, I, I would hope people get better contracts, but eh. Like, stop leaning on Metacritic like that. It's just, it's a number. Yeah. It's a number. And it's a number based on people's opinions.
0: Seriously, but you know what? People don't even rise up to stop (laughs) EULAs that affect them. Nobody's going to say anything about devs not getting paid their bonuses because of Metacritic scores. Well, shouldn't
2: shouldn't we just overrate everything just to make sure everybody gets their bonuses? That's not my responsibility.
0: It's not our responsibility,
1: but it's funny because I'm sure some people are like, well, that's a slippery slope because, when we, well, man, what if you feel the need to do that because you, you're worried about so I mean, like, I don't think anybody since then does that. But, like, there's there's so many issues involved, you know, with, like, pressure and stuff like that and things that already happen. And it's it's just complicated, but...
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean, I have no problems. That is not my responsibility. It is not my responsibility. It is the re- It is the developer's responsibility to make a good game that makes me rate it high. It's their responsibility to put the polish on it. And if I don't give it a high score, I don't give it a high score. That's just the way it is.
1: Absolutely. But we're also in a position where like we're we got more freedom than a lot of places. Being independent, we're not tied to some conglomerate or some media thing. We're not, you know, trapped in a whole bunch of advertising deals with people. Because like as much as there's not like outright paying for stuff and things of that nature, like we see Instances where publishers or developers exert a little pressure on on journalists, blacklist some people, like, just to not give them games to like. And I don't think that basing bonuses on Metacritic scores helps any of that. Like, if anything, it kind of makes it worse in some cases because now you got a whole slew of people who are like, "Well, if my bon, like, if, if my livelihood depends on it." Well, well,
0: that's not professionalism. Oh, like, I know it's not like, professional,
1: but that doesn't mean it's, not, <laughs> it's You not don't feel happen. any
0: of these pressures, do you, Rob? Oh, I don't. But that's what okay. like I said. We this have more is just freedom. Making sure? Just mean, like, making sure. I mean, like, but I'm
1: saying, I'm sure that there's somebody, you know, there's but sites somewhere.
0: But that, I, I, I that's not that's not about freedom. Like, I, it, the whole, your example of, you know, being pressured uh because of, you know, sponsorship, advertisements, getting review copies with, you know, a fruit basket as well and getting <laughs> all the extra stuff that they send. That's a bit, that's more, I can see, like, that, call that pressure, but be, I wouldn't call seeing that they get, well, knowing that developers sometimes get a, a, a bonus on Metacritic score. That, that's not pressure to me. It, like, oh, no. when, when I, mean, I, I open up a game, no, I'm just like, not. hope, see, hope, hope it was good.
1: It's, a, but, bad argu- but, but it's th- a bad argument it's th- a bad argument because you know you have that it's a bad argument in that case but no, there's the, other pressures, no, but
2: stuff. that that bonus money or the anticipated bonus money could be used to purchase that fruit uh, fruit basket or fruit cake <laughs> that you get, and so <laughs> I, I I don't know I just find this interesting because there's 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 financial incentive for the developer to increase the meta score and financial disincentive for obsidian to to increase the score that or not obsidian the publisher to increase the score it It almost seems like oh hey, if we've got a, if we've got a, the game that's right at that rating spot. Why don't we just kind of nudge the rating down a little bit, and we don't have to pay them? It, it, it uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't like this at all. Yeah, that's that's true. They just talks about something that could be very, very evil.
0: Who knows? Maybe they're slipping the, you know, Metacritic the fruit baskets. Oh,
1: that'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, your formula. Could you just move that decimal point over just one little bit? Yeah. You do know, you like, like... papaya? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the only thing, and we can move on because I know we're already over but um, I've seen a lot of more so than anything else I've seen a lot of like websites kind of go the route where they say well man if they had gotten that bonus they wouldn't have had to let go of those people and things wouldn't be so bad so Metacritic is evil because of that and I think that is yeah like, all like that. that doesn't make any sense at all. Actually,
0: I did see. I'm I'm not gonna tell, you know blast who, but there's a a notable a noticeable developer on Twitter because this is how it caught my attention. He said fuck Metacritic, and I'm just like okay. And so I started checking it out, and I found this. I'm like, well, why fuck Metacritic? Like they didn't do anything. You know? Yeah, they
1: just exist. Like, they're not the <laughs> stem of that. Like, the fact that you had a game canceled isn't Metacritic's fault. Like, a bonus... Most companies, like, when you get a when they have a bonus that goes to individual people. It's not like the company gets that whole bonus and then they go back and they use that money to make games. Unless that's the way their contract was set up. Right. But most of the time, it's going to individual people. So all it really means is when those 30 people get cut loose, they have a nice little bonus to go with them or something. Like, it doesn't save Bethesda or, or not... It doesn't save Obsidian or anything like that. Like, yeah. it just... All it does is changes a few people's fortunes a little bit I don't know like it's not the like Metacritic isn't the big evil. it's leaning on Metacritic the way people do
0: yeah, yeah, so I don't know I'm pretty sure we'll hear more about that in the future. you know, I don't know, you know kind of the way with Kickstarter now, everybody's talking about every Kickstarter that's coming across maybe now' well, well this game had the Metacritic bonus, and this game had the Metacritic bonus. Wouldn't be surprised.
2: Why don't we start a Kickstarter fund for bonuses for games? Ah. For, for
0: those who missed their Metacritic ah. bonus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about the implications of that. Oh, Jesus. We can, just... we can have a developer make a parody game about Metacritic <laughs> bonuses. That'd and be that's how we kickstart that. Yeah, like
1: you have a Kickstarter for like Double Finds Kickstarter adventure, and like you have a, a a Kickstarter for the bonus for them making <laughs> yeah. the game. Like, oh man, that's the down that, that's that's the downward spiral right there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's the downward spiral. All right, so but yeah, let's move on because we are running late. Um, well, we've talked about it so many times: the death of console. The, to the point where I wasn't I stopped including the stuff in 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 the mashcast. And the only reason I included this topic to today was because of uh uh Ben Cousins who is uh well he's somebody important in G Moko. I, I is he I can't see if he's the, uh, the owner or not, but uh
2: he is uh he, he heads the Stockholm suite, uh, the Stockholm studio. Uh, yeah, yeah so.
1: it was a, like, well, it was a couple months ago. We, you know, talked
0: about him going to NG Moco. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, so th- this was the last week of GDC where he once again talks about the death of console. Now, of course, he is a mobile, NG Moco is mobile development. So, you know, pumping up the mobile stuff is definitely in their interest. But he uses a couple of examples. Um, like he talks first example he 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 brought up well actually first thing he says is that when he talks about death of consoles he doesn't think that consoles are going to die as in you know cease to exist he just means they're going to have you know a significantly smaller market space. Uh, he uses examples like you know TV killed movies in the in the aspect that once you know televisions became you know uh, I guess common in the home that it shrank the movie audience to one sixth of what it was, you know, back in the day, like I think he says in, in the nineteen fifties. Uh and then he also talked about how consoles killed the killed the arcade when they became you know, when consoles became more powerful than the you know, the arcade machines. I um, mean he also he, he says, you know he uses Udraw as an example as well, saying that the the failure of Udraw Shows that the kids' market is shifting to mobile. And uh, these were good points to bring up, but I don't really think he thought it all the way through. Or if he did think it all the way through, he really didn't explain it, you know, and, and you know, as well in my opinion. Like, when you're talking about the movies back in the 60s, you know, you're talking about going from having a TV in the home to the movie, to, and then, you know, And then people not going to the movies anymore. I mean, anytime you enter a new medium, it's going into a certain space, it's going to take part of that market share. Like, certain people are like, okay, well, fine, I don't need to go to the movies anymore because I have this TV in my home. Just like there's some people who figure, well, I don't need a Nintendo DS anymore because I have this mobile device and I don't really play games that much. Or the games that I want to play work on the mobile device. And that's fine. So it's kind of like that. But the thing, like, with the difference between, like... The TV and the movies back in the '50s, and like game consoles now, is that when you're talking about TVs and movies in the '50s, you're really only talking about a, a difference in screen size, you know, the audio, maybe a difference in audio quality, maybe, but you can still enjoy a movie just as much as well as much as you did, a, you know, on the TV as you did on the big screens back then, you know. But the difference is like. Now, like, there's a huge difference between me playing a game on my Vita and me playing a game on an iPhone. Or well, I'm like, let's not even use the Vita. Let's use the PSP.
1: I mean, the, the fact that you can even use the Vita says a lot. But yeah, go yeah, let's, talk let's
0: use, yeah, let's use the PSP because the iPhone can at least replicate graphics that the PSP has right now. Okay, even if I w- like there's just certain games you wouldn't want to play on an iPhone because there are no buttons like that, that's like the, one of the major arguments yes you can have the buttons show up on the screen but with the size of the iphone screen like you're covering up your visual real estate you know it, no, it, you're it, making
1: the you making whatever real estate you have even smaller at that point
0: exactly and it, you know i don't want to get stuck on that point but there's huge functionality differences than just a smaller screen and maybe a difference in audio quality like you can still enjoy a movie, especially back then, a movie on a TV as you would a movie on the big screen. Whereas, if I take, like, um, let's say, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep on my PSP, I am not going to enjoy that on my iPhone. I'm not going to enjoy that on my Android device. And my Android device has a bigger screen than the iPhones do.
1: And I'm going to... Go with you probably wouldn't even really be able to play that game that well. Not only, but because I mean, like, because most games, even when you get that, you know, here's your here's your buttons on the screen, like you get a D pad and maybe two buttons, kind of like an like an old Nintendo controller, like NES controller. Like yeah. Birth by Sleep needs like D pad, all your face buttons, your shoulder buttons, yeah. like. It needs <laughs> even more buttons. Like you're gonna have so many buttons, you can't even see anything on the screen, and and much less be able to actually play the damn thing.
0: Exactly. So because you, know, you don't th- want to play everything with motion controls, <laughs> you know.
1: And some things, and some things you can't. Yeah. But, that, and, oh god.
2: Well, yes. I was just gonna say, what's to stop Apple from either releasing a peripheral that adds buttons to your iPhone, or even releasing an iPhone with extra buttons just for a game? Because on the side? it wouldn't be pretty. absolutely nothing.
1: Nothing to, Nothing prevents them from doing that.
2: Yeah, it wouldn't be pretty, though. So they wouldn't do it.
1: That's true, too. Unless <laughs> yeah. they found a way to make it pretty. But I mean, like, there is nothing to stop them from doing that.
0: There's nothing to stop them from doing that, though. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right.
1: And I think that that may be the change, like, maybe somewhat of the game changer. But the problem is, then all of a sudden, well, now you're talking about you're carrying around something else. Exactly. And hasn't, that been, hasn't that been everybody's big argument that, well, you only need to carry around this? Well, to play any real games, even if they can catch up graphically, now you need to carry around a controller to even play them. Aren't you carrying around more than one device then? Why not just carry your iPhone and have yeah, that do exactly. iPhone things and carry a, a Vita and have that do actual gaming things and not have to carry a controller?
0: And then you, know, you would see the people who are really in it for the games. Like, oh, yeah, I use my iPhone for gaming. So now I bought this peripheral.
1: Yeah, I think it is a game changer if they they put out a controller, but will they? Yeah, I don't think it fits in their philosophy. Like, but but even besides that, though, like back to back to cousins here, I I, I agree that I he made good examples, and then like he didn't think them all the way through because like in each one he like really kind of goes like the wrong direction, kind of like he makes a good point, you know, like yes, movies did and you know like TV did in inter- you know totally disrupt movies, you know, consoles totally disrupted arcades. But in on his TV example, he the, his quote, they move their content to the lower res free-to-play TV channels, he says. Game content developers need to do the same. They need to move their content to these low resolution platforms. The real but see the thing is like you don't why why do they need to do that? Like why what actual real reason is there for the people to move these beautiful high fidelity you know, gorgeous graphics, like the and immersive gameplay games, down to a lower resolution, less immersive, less like less ability to like and less real estate, like all the stuff we already talked about. Mobile device, like what real reason is there exactly. for people to do that?
0: Because like now like like
1: you're I- limiting your options. Moving from movies to a TV, you could still do all the same stuff you could do before. Yeah. And and people could enjoy it in the comfort of their own home. Like, the, that that was a big difference with the, the TV and cinema thing, too, is that, okay, like TV and cinema, like, well, you go from, okay, yeah, you go to a smaller screen. Okay, that's a problem. But you trade that off for, well, I can be in the comfort of my own home. I don't got to leave and go somewhere. And I don't have to dress up or whatever and deal with a whole bunch of people, sit in seats in the movie theater. I can sit at home on the couch, watch TV. Man, this is nice. And I get to see the same stuff. So, there's a difference. <laughs> there's like a bit of a difference in that stuff. But there's not, I'm still not like, nobody's ever like is really able to point out, like, here's the reason why this should go down to this. Like, that that your PS3 should shrink down to this four inch screen on an iPhone. And he doesn't do that. So it's like, it's not like a totally thought out thought. And then him using the U draw in the next example is kind of a terrible fucking example because it didn't really prove anything because UDRAW did really well on the Wii, but then they tried to move it to the other systems and they they took it, yeah, they took it and like just ran with it thinking it was like their fucking golden goose or something, and they got slammed because the market wasn't, that that market, like the markets aren't the same there. But like, that's like a cautionary tale more so than like, it was a complete disaster it just proves that it's mobile games, like no, it didn't. All it proved was that they put all their eggs in one basket, and they put it in the wrong fucking basket. And they did it like, and on top of like separating time frames that they did it like, they put out UDraw, and then they later, later on, put it out on the other systems. Like that was just a that was just a whole, you know, that was them being kind of fucking retarded, really. Mm. But that was that's a that's not a good example. (laughs) Like it's just. I, I don't know. It's just not, and I don't even see how that really parallels so much to the the console thing. I don't know.
0: Well, I and I also the the arcade thing was a bad example. I mean, he could have gone somewhere with it. But right. I think the direction he, he just went, chose
1: uh, bad examples like he did to go like to.
0: Yeah, basically like, you know, when he was talking about the arcades, he's like, yeah, people move from the arcades. Um, I guess he was trying to say that uh, the point he was trying to make is that even though the consoles do have their advantages. Like you know uh you know higher resolution or or more graphical power or buttons that people will still move from them, so like he said that people move from the art from the arcade to the you know to the home console, even though the arcade had better controls, which is just not true unless you're talking about fighting games,
1: yeah, and even that stopped being true after a while, exactly,
0: like, like people who play fighting games use fight sticks, but that's the thing like with the arcades like the arcades, like any arcade you went to uh if you played that same arcade game on your home console, you weren't missing the controls from the arcade nope. you know the the home console beat out the arcade because your home consoles were more powerful
1: than the arcade it's the yeah. same thing
0: as the t v and the movie like it's at home I remember you don't gotta go somewhere yeah. <laughs> you sit at home <laughs> I remember the first time I played Soul calibur. After playing it on the Dreamcast. Like, and you know, I had it on the Dreamcast, and I played it at home. And I remember going into an arcade and and playing it there. I was just like, this game looks terrible here. Because it looked awful. Yep. You know? So, yeah, like, you know, that's why the whole, the you know, the arcades, you know, took a downfall. I mean, back east here, there's, like, no arcades to go to. Uh, basically. But, like, you know, I know, like he, <laughs> I think you know he he had he had good examples that he could have went someplace and then he just didn't take the steps he needed to <laughs> to make those examples worthwhile. So, uh, but it's actually interesting that he you know he brought this up because at the same time, uh, Epic uh w- had something to say about the the next generation of consoles.
1: Actually, um, actually, I have one thing. Time out, okay. real quick. It's funny too that he's talking about the death consoles and all that kind of stuff, because weren't just like a month ago we were talking about how NG Moku, like cut a lot of their business up, like or, or cut like a, a good chunk of their business up because, you know, restructuring and all that fun stuff. Right. But, you know, mobile development, future, NG Moku, so great. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I do they, remember
2: had, that. they had bad Metacritic scores actually. Well
0: <laughs> couldn't get those bonuses. Um so... Well, actually well, well I think one thing that's been prompting a lot of this talk is the new iPad. Uh well specifically what Mark Rand said, which we'll talk about in a second. But there's a new pi- iPad out uh coming out well, actually it's it's out soon if not already. Um but the new iPad is said to be more powerful, uh will be able to produce more uh, you know, better graphics than current generation consoles. Which I mean, I believe it the, X, the Xbox Three Sixty came out in two thousand and five, which means yeah, the tech it's is It's inevitable older than that. that
1: it's going to catch up.
0: Exactly, you know, it's been seven years, so this is not a big surprise. You know, the next gen consoles really aren't next. Actually, they haven't been next gen for a while. The only thing that's, that's producing next gen graphics right now are PC games. So, you know, it's, it wasn't a big surprise. You and
1: know. nobody's, nobody's. You don't see anybody talking about that. Nope. You don't see anybody saying the iPad. Oh yeah, man, iPad totally is equal to Nvidia fifty nine GTX. Nope. Running Mass Effect three.
0: Not happening. No. So you know, that 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 made circulation. If that news made circulation in a couple places, and I'm just like, people don't understand. Like, sure, you can have great graphics, but the it's all about the games, like how they play. You know, it's how about it's how. You can have a wonderful graphics on a game, but if the control sucks and the gameplay is limited because you can only touch the screen, you know, that's only going to do so much. You're not going to grab the hardcore market kind of like they're saying they're doing. Or they, they, that they can do. Uh, actually, the thing we were talking about with Mark Rand, he was basically just saying what we were saying, that the new consoles need to be at the bleeding edge, which they really do. And I think they will. I Well, I think last week was when Kojima, well, not Kojima, but um, his company showed the Fox engine that they're working on, and how how powerful, like you know how like how it looks. And there's no, there's no, it, it's gonna take top graphics to run to run that at thirty frames per second. From from what I saw.
1: Oh yeah, no, like the the comparison shots of like a boardroom and then like a horse in the room and all that. I like dude, no, you can't. Yeah, they're getting really close to like passing uncanny valley type of stuff like in those screenshots because yeah, I mean, the screenshots every, but
0: every person i talked to about it was like yeah i looked at the picture and i saw it side by side and i was like why are there two pictures of boardrooms here <laughs> <laughs> everybody i talked to said that and then when i read it, i was like oh wow <laughs> like that is impressive you know and i was like why is that horse I, I knew it wasn't a real horse but i said you know why is that plastic horse in that boardroom <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man, that's that was very, very impressive." So right, we'll see what's gonna happen. Obviously not at this year's E three, but I'm pretty sure we'll have plenty of entertaining uh, speculation along the way. Because you know, once once the winter is over, and well, once you know the holiday season is over, and the iPad either you know flops or makes it, they're gonna need something. You know, the doomcasters are gonna need something to talk about, and this might be it. The death of console. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, moving on to our last topic, though, uh, Mass Effect Three. I, I know you guys talked about it last week for a little bit. Some of the some of the problems they're running into.
1: Well, there's been more issues. People are getting upset about more stuff. So there's all there's more to talk about.
0: I yeah. Need to get a box of tissues. Oh, okay. See, um, I feel
1: I feel differently about this set of stuff, but go ahead.
0: Yeah. So uh, first of all, there's a video that came out. Uh we, everybody a lot of people were up in arms about the day one DLC and saying in Bioware was ripping content out of the game so they could sell it, blah, 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 you know. So somebody who had the PC version of Mass Effect three found that they, could, they one of the the part of the DLC is that what you get a Prothre Pro, 3, a Pro 3 in as a part of uh, it was one of your squad mates.
1: And just to note, the From Ashes DLC that we're talking about is DLC that if you buy the game new, that you get with the game. Like, it's one of their kind of, like, pack-in things. Uh,
0: so, I didn't think. No, I don't think so. No, so it's not? No. Okay, I, it thought that, not. I thought that was. That was part of the uproar. The, if With the online pass, Oh, you know, it was in the Collector's
1: you, Edition, wasn't it?
0: I don't know. Because I didn't plan to buy Mass Effect 3 on day one, that's why. Yeah. Well, what, what,
1: well let I, me I, go I, and search while you talk about
0: it. Okay, so... You know, people were up in arms that, you know, that they couldn't get this Prothean who will be a major part of the series, you know, uh, with their with the game. Somebody with the uh with the PC version found out how to get the Prothean squad member without the DLC. He went into a bin file, he changed some code, just like a line of code, and then boom, he had the Prothean squad member. And this kind of this shows that that squad member was in the game. That character was in the game and it was removed. That definitely shows that. Oh, I shouldn't say removed, but hidden for the DLC. Now, before I get into what I think, really think about it, um, EA did say that, Oh, well from ashes at 600 megabytes or over 600 megabytes. And it has new content, like, uh, new missions, uh, dialogue options con- and conversations with Javik, who's the Prothean, as well as I think a Prothean weapon. Um, personally, I think that they did add stuff with the DLC, but at the same time, I do think that they had this character in the game originally, and they hit him. You know, they figured—I don't know if they figured that they could just—they could get more money with the DLC, but the character was ready enough to have on the disc during certification. And have him in the game. And with a character so large, like a character that has... I mean, there's no way you could tell me that having a Prothean squadmate isn't a major part of Mass Effect 3. And you're gonna tell me that you had him all ready to go, but you had no dialogue for the character? I think they had some dialogue. I think they had the character. But I think they pulled him and then added more stuff. They probably added more dialogue, added more cutscenes, added... Um, some you know, the additional weapon,
2: but I think the character is ready to go. What you my think? my understanding was that the stuff that was on the disc was stuff that they sort of needed. It was you know as far as it pertained to you know the actual aspect of the game that the characters involved in. So that if you're playing through the main game and you've already unlocked them and you're easing certain scenes and, and interacting with certain other other characters, that's what that relates to. And all the stuff that pertained just to that side the side missions in the in the DLC that's what you were downloading. Um, so they they I, I think fundamentally is no matter how you look at it they knew all along he was going to be in the game and it it's your you they they knew all along that this was going to be dlc this is just the way games work every game has day one dlc i i kind of don't see what the big deal is
1: yeah I, like the video makes it seem so damning that oh you from As- this is proof man From ashes is not required which is true if you're only looking to get the squad member and And who knows what crashes and stuff like that 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 can result in without having the DLC and unlocking that character. I am sure that causes some problems. And they don't talk about that part. But even aside from that, I think that what BioWare said is technically true, which is, like, the DLC was not on the disc. I think that all the DLC, the missions, all that stuff is, that doesn't necessarily mean the squad member, which... It's some something that some people are going to latch to. they're going to take it very literally and mean that, to, meaning that from ashes, squad member missions, weapons, all that stuff is separate and and was never on the disc, was not taken out, was after certification, all those quotes, blah blah blah, that you know the you've seen. Um, yeah, I think the character was on there. I think they knew they were going to have it, but I don't think it's so so damning like the way that some outrage fans are trying to make it seem like if you want to argue against the idea of day one dlc in general that's one thing it's another thing to latch on to the fact that the characters on the disc but like a none of the missions and stuff are I don't know like in a way I guess maybe Bioware should have worded it differently maybe they shouldn't even have said anything they should have been mum on the issue um, like, beforehand, because, you know, the whole thing is that they have all these quotes from people before the game's coming out saying, it's absolutely not on the disc. And if you say, well, the character's on the disc and it's yeah, fully exactly. playable <laughs> and all that stuff, it makes it seem like you you lied really badly without them having to actually prove a point to say, like, that the all the DLC is on it. And it just makes you look like a liar more so than it actually means that you're a liar. So maybe they just sort of worded, worded things more carefully, said, well, the character's on the disc... Because of X, Y, and Z, but none of these missions or anything are like. Did we have an idea that we were going to do this beforehand? Sure, but it wasn't something that would have ever been ready to make it into the game.
2: Well, it's it's all included in the collector's edition, right? Or do you still?
1: Okay, I I did look. I I did look. It is it it actually is for free in the collector's edition. It's not one of the like side by side things they want with every new copy. How much it's like the just collector's the collector's edition. edition. I think it's seventy, eighty so you for do the collector's edition. Oh, you no, pay for it, but you get other stuff
2: too. But, di- but no, but when you purchase the collector's edition, do you have to download it, or it's all on the disc there? So you oh
1: have- no, you download it. It's yeah, there. they it's probably like, give you a code for it. Yeah, it's a code. Yeah,
0: I don't think. Like I guess I, I do think some of the stuff, or probably even most of the stuff in the DLC, is new and stuff that they added after the fact. But I do think that they had enough with that character to, re- to to have him ready to go for the game in which they could have still released a DLC to give you additional time with that character. Yeah, here we go. It's it's 80 bucks for the mm-hmm. collector's edition. But
1: I don't know. It's it's arguable you could I don't know. You could say whatever you want. Well,
0: yeah, like a, the, I have the no is, well, Yeah, I the think.
1: DLC I have... is $10 on its own, but the collector's edition has uh, Mass Effect Invasion. I don't even know what that is. What is Mass Effect Invasion? Oh, is it the that iOS game?
2: No, that's <laughs> Infiltrator. Oh, what the hell's invasion?
1: I don't even know. Anyway, you get like the the art the art book, the lithograph print with the artwork. You get the uh, you get weapons, a, a robot dog, and new outfits for characters, and you get a hoodie. Um, oh, I'm sorry, it's an it's an actual outfit item. It's not an actual hoodie. And the online pass. Why do they put the online pass on there? Like that's like a sp- Shut the fuck up, guys. <laughs> uh, digital, you get the soundtrack. You get, for 360, you get the, the Normandy prop. And then all, you get a whole bunch of crap. So, for $20 more dollars, it's kind of arguable whether or not that you've really
2: paid for the I, I think you're, you're, you're selling me on you. the collector's edition right now. <laughs>
1: I know, it's... I'm, like, I'm in like, man, I shouldn't have maybe got that. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. Wow. I, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's like you... The way that you present something, and then, like, when somebody catches you on one little part of it, it just makes you seem like more of a liar than they really are. Like, I don't think that they—that this is, like, such a terrible fucking thing that it's being made out to be. I don't know. I Do I agree with they One DLC? No. But in this case, like, it's not—you didn't catch them in some huge lie.
0: Well, you caught Sorry. them a big enough lie. Well, Right. That's why, with the, with the way things are going for them, they really can't be caught. Yeah, you know, afford to be caught in any lies. The, the lie was that the Protheans were extinct.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing too. Because, like, okay, how would you feel if they just included that member with no explanation whatsoever?
0: Well, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, in my theory, I'm saying that they had they had some stuff. They had some content for them. You know, they had content for them, but then they decided to. Take it out, or not, I shouldn't say, think a bunch you know, let's say, uh, uh, put it to sleep, and then add additional stuff with the DLC. See, I don't know, like, I I feel like,
1: like, having a Prothean, like, in terms of Mass Effect lore is a very, 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 very big
2: deal. I, I'm pissed that we're talking about this, because I really wish I hadn't known, I would have loved to have stumbled across this, like, organically within the game, because that, that is a huge reveal, and, and yeah, I know it's coming it's now.
1: Thing. Yeah, it's, but, uh, And to even if you were like, okay, we're gonna give you this character, people then would people would be mad that you didn't even explain why you have a Prothean in your like all of a sudden there's a Prothean that's available in the game as an extra character. Like, but then it's like people would be mad that if you you got the character and then the DLC was later anyway, like regardless of what happened, because even if like all the DLC wasn't ready, all the missions and stuff weren't ready to explain why that character is there, but you knew you were gonna have the character or something, then like people still would have been mad. still kind of have the same thing, which is why I'm kind of like, eh, I don't see this as such a huge issue, because no matter how you did it, people are going to be mad. Unless you were like, okay, we're going to delay Mass Effect 3. Oh, people are mad then, so we can get this DLC on there, because we're just going to give it to you for free. No, Nobody this, would care about that explanation. This
2: was planned all along. You know when they're sitting there you know, sketching out the timeline, they're like, okay, we'll have the game ready to go around this time, Which is and that'll give us X number of DLC. weeks to finish up the DLC and put it out. And it's it, it's a stealth price increase. People don't want to pay more than $60 for a game. The game companies have learned that, and they, they won't raise the price beyond that, but they will by getting people to pay for the DLC.
0: Yeah, it's... yeah. Stupid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Official word from Rob Hill Williams. It's stupid. I wonder what well, if they just released the collector's edition at eighty dollars and had no sixty dollar version with no, you know, day one DLC. It was just you just bought the whole thing like that. Like would would their sales have been affected that much? Maybe, you know, not include all the bells and whistles with the collector's edition, but I I, I feel like that's the direction it should just go. Just just include it all. Save me the hassle of having oh, to God, put a code please. in and actually check don't, the do up. don't do that.
1: Don't do that. That that is them latching onto an idea like oh man we can just make stuff seventy dollars now.
2: Well, well, the problem is- <laughs> I
1: think that's the problem, terrible.
2: The problem is they'll make it seventy dollars, but they'll still have the DLC, and so right, yeah, they'll, they'll,
1: yeah eventually you'll see other stuff get cut out. Like you'll just be back in the same place a couple of years from now, but you'll be paying
2: ten dollars more for a game. And and candy used to be a nickel, so.
0: Right, right. So all right, so we're gonna wrap up on that note, and uh, what's coming out next week? Uh, Armored Core <laughs> Rayman for 3DS Sign Mora Dirt 3 Complete Edition Fuck Codemasters Because uh, everybody knows how I feel about that Well if you've been listening to the match you know how I feel about What they did to Dirt 3 I take that personally
2: We gotta um, watch out for games that end in 3 They just really seem to
0: screw everybody over <laughs> Yeah I can't even complete I, I can't complete the game that I have because of what they did with the DLC in that game. So thanks, Code Masters. Yeah. Appreciate that.
1: Uh Ninja Gaiden Three.
0: Yeah, what else we got? Oh well, yesterday, but that's people? that's coming oh, yesterday. Yesterday's yeah. coming out next week, so
1: uh Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City.
0: <laughs> yeah. So actually I totally forgot about Ninja Gaiden three. Like it totally went off my radar. Yeah it, it, it's a third game, it's not worth it. <laughs>
1: I mean, like yeah, apparently, apparently that's the that's that's the moral of the story now. That's the ending that we need to take from this. <laughs> Don't buy the third game, guys. Never buy the third game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's gonna um that's gonna wrap us up. Uh as always, we thank you for listening. Um you can find us on SoundCloud, which you might be listening on SoundCloud, but SoundCloud.com slash smash those buttons. Uh we're also on iTunes, uh Stitcher Smart Radio. Uh, you can stream us directly there. Uh Twitter.com slash mash those buttons, Facebook.com slash mash those buttons, all that good stuff. Um, you know, you can you can find us in there. You can if you hate us, love us, have a comment, have some thoughts about what we talked about, just you know, leave a comment on the website or SoundCloud, really don't care. You can comment anywhere. We always look. So uh yeah, you can you know, check us out on any of that stuff and uh we will catch you guys next week. Okay, don't say bye. I was going to say that. No,
1: I thought Nick was going to go first. I I thought you you usually go first. No, have
0: a a good weekend, everybody. I thought
1: you were going to jump in there. Yeah. Bye.
2: Bye. All right, later, guys.